0: Hello and welcome to the Talking Indonesia podcast. I'm Dave McCray from the University of Melbourne's Asia Institute and today I'll be speaking to Dr. Najib Azgar who's the Vice Dean in the Faculty of Social and Political Sciences at Gajamada University. Now Najib wrote his PhD on the Indonesian jihadists who travelled to interreligious conflict areas in eastern Indonesia around a decade ago looking at what they did after they returned. In this episode I speak to Najib about what lessons we can draw from his research about the Indonesians currently mobilizing the fight in Syria and Iran. Najib, welcome. Thank you. Dear. I wonder Najib, could you tell us a bit about those conflicts in Eastern Indonesia that, that you studied for your PhD? Okay, uh, the conflict
1: in Eastern Indonesia is basically uh, uh, religious communal violence, meaning the communal violence, communal conflict between Muslim and Christian living in Eastern part of Indonesia mainly in uh, Maluku province and also in Poso, a small town in uh, central Sulawesi. What happened there is actually the the fighting is just uh, began only few months after the collapse of the authoritarian regime of Suharto. Mm. The, the, the regime's collapse is actually in May and then... The in
0: 1998, right? no, Sorry,
1: 1998, you're right, yeah. and then also the start of the criminal violence in Ambon for example, in January 1999. So, what is interesting with that is, the particular feature of this violence was that it mobilized non-local Muslim, Muslim fighters mm. c- to come into the area to, uh, to what they view as kind of uh, jihad. Yeah. Because during uh, that time, Muslims uh, they perceived as uh, under persecution mm. of uh, Christians in that area. Uh, it was uh, quite significant, actually. That I think at least about five thousand Muslim uh, fighters come from outside the area to join in the jihad, and it actually gave a significant influence over what what happened in that area. Meaning that the conflict then become prolonged. It happened more than two years in this area, and then the peace uh, the peace uh, agreement then achieved in Poso uh, in. Late two thousand one,
0: and yeah. then in Maluku in early two thousand two. Okay, so you're saying these uh, Muslims from other parts of Indonesia mm-hmm. went to these conflict areas around am I right? Ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand and one. That sort of time. Uh-huh. Um, who were these uh, Muslims? Uh, uh, how, how would you characterize them?
1: Uh, based on my research, actually, I the de- I found that there are at least three kind of. Uh, uh, Islamic or Muslim activism, mm-hmm. who join in the jihad. The first one is the most prominent one is actually uh, the jihadi people. Let's say, yeah, mm. meaning the jihadi people, meaning the people who have a kind of who embrace Jihadism ideology, meaning that they view that Muslim and non-Muslim was in a continuous and, and in everlasting uh, war, fighting everywhere, not just in Indonesia but also like in Middle East, in Afghanistan and mm. others. So. Uh, these people, that no, 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 not many actually, just a few, few hundred let's say it, uh, Even some of them actually previously involved in other parts of uh, the world Let's say, say in Afghanistan or in mm-hmm. Mindanao, Southern mm-hmm. Philippines mm-hmm. uh, The second one is actually the biggest one, the largest uh, group who involved in the conflict was come from the Wahhabi activism from the actually, they are basically Salafi non-Jihadi activism which is actually uh, these people is basically non uh, different with the first one. They are not seeing if uh, using violence or also kind of terrorism is uh, justified, but they were mobilized uh, by uh, fatwa, mm. actually a kind of religious decree uh, made by a leading cleric from Wahhabi in uh, Middle East, particularly in Saudi Arabia and Yemen, who say that it is obligation for muslim in indonesia to help their muslim fellow in eastern indonesia who were under persecuted by non muslim following this uh, fatwa actually big number of muslim were joining jihad it was estimated at least maybe five thousand over there maybe from more. this group of from this group as well this is yeah. the, the largest the largest yeah. one who successfully mobilized people to join in jihad so this is the biggest one hmm. and the th- and then the th- the last one, the third one, is what I call actually Islamic political activism, mm. who actually come from outside these two uh, main networks. They are coming from more, uh, let's say, loose kind of network of Islamish, uh, Islamic uh, group, either political party or either Islamic uh, group, either, either Islamic paramilitary group, for example, so like from some of them come from PKS, yeah, Partai Keadilan Sejahtera, Party Indonesia, yeah. yes, but also from like a paramilitary group like uh, FBI, yeah, hmm. Indonesian uh, Defender Front and yeah. other kind of group. So this is yeah not as big as uh, the Wahhabi, but it's quite something. Hmm. And LCC is also come from different kind of network.
0: And you mentioned. The first group, so you had Jihadis, Wahhabis mm-hmm. and political activists who went, you mentioned from the Jihadis, mm-hmm. uh, some of them long before these mm-hmm. conflicts had already been to train yes. in Afghanistan, right. uh, some uh, later on in the southern Philippines. Yes. Now, was going to Poso and Maluku yeah. the first time they'd been involved in Jihadi violence in Indonesia after that, or did they get involved uh, even before that? Uh...
1: I think the involvement in Ambon or in Poso is actually uh, most of them is the first time okay. involvement of mm. uh, let's say local jihadism, local yeah. jihad involvement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe few of them also involved in a kind of operation. Uh, some people called like Christmas bombing. It yeah. happened, I think, in the uh, December of 1999. Okay. Actually, also actually. It's also kind of uh, provoked by what happened in Maluku, mm. yeah, and that is in early 1999. Yeah, but then some of them say that um, actually people, people, and also government didn't do didn't do anything to help Muslims over there. So we need to let's say retaliate to do bombing in some churches. Yeah, okay. in, in, in around
0: the country, around the country, small,
1: yeah. yeah, some in Java but also in Sumatra.
0: What was it about those Maluku and Poso conflicts, do you think, that uh, pushed people who had been to train elsewhere but hadn't been involved in jihadi Mm -hmm. violence before Mm -hmm. to go and get involved? Uh, Was there something particular about those conflicts?
1: Yes. Uh, What is interesting is that what happened in Maluku and in Poso for these guys, for these jihadi people, was, oh, good, this is an opportunity to expand the arena of jihad okay. because they are, after the finish from Afghanistan for example they were just la- learning mm. just like g- gathering to sometime to maintain their s- spirit of jihadism something like that but they didn't have an arena mm. for doing jihad yeah. jihad for them is meaning in the kind of war battle mm. doing a battle with non-muslim mm. yeah. and they were Excited, let's say, quote unquote, yeah. with the, what happened in in Eastern, Eastern Indonesia, yeah. they said that oh this is good opportunity oh we have to go there we have to expand uh, the arena of jihad we have to mobilize many more Muslims to join in a jihad yeah. what they call kind of global jihad let's say yeah. 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 where actually Eastern Eastern are, Indonesia is just one mm. uh, arena of the bigger of the. Arena,
0: Italy. So you mentioned there was a peace deal in Poso end of 2001, Maluku early 2002, yeah. and although you had you know, quite a bit of sporadic violence in each of those conflict areas yeah. uh, after that, was that around the time that some of these jihadists started to return back to Java, to Sumatra, or, or what did they do after that? After the conflict after, uh, Yeah, once the conflict started to yeah. wind down.
1: Okay, uh, actually there are different trajectories of these three mm. network of activism. Mm. Uh, the biggest group, it was Laskar Jihad, mm. was officially... The Wahhabis? Uh, the Wahhabis, the the Wahhabis right? yeah, yeah. Or the Wahhabis network, actually. Uh, officially, then, uh, we all mm. the troop, all the mm. militia, mm. Uh, from the conflict area. Yeah. It was in... Uh, i think october 2002 so there was uh, official declaration by the network of wahabi of mm-hmm. indonesia mm-hmm. at that time they call fka forum mm-hmm. komunikasi ahlus sunah wal jamaah kind of the catering of uh, Wahhabi activism so they officially declared that okay we withdraw all the troop all the members of lashkar uh, jihad from the area of conflict the conflict is finished now there is no more obligation do jihad in that? area. Yeah. So the massive people returning home. Went back to their home. Yeah, again. going home at that time. Yeah, mm. maybe a thousand, a few thousand of them returning from this conflict area. The few people still there. Okay. Yeah. Few people now still living in both in uh, Ambon, Maluku, or in Poso. Mm. I met there as well during my field work. So few people, maybe less than a 100. Yeah, some. Mm. Uh, this is the, for the, the biggest, uh, let's say, returning mm. uh, troop. But for these two, actually, the, for the jihadi, some yeah. of them still there, yeah. yeah particularly in Poso, which is uh, a stronger jihadi network in Poso than in uh, Ambon, because in Ambon the laskar jihad is very strong compared to this. And there was also rival between these two actually. Yeah, yeah. What happened in the in the field in the mm. ground. Uh, between Lashkar Jihad, between Wahhabi and the Jihadi people, there was tension among them, yeah. in the field, both in Ambon and in Boso. Okay. And then uh, following the the, the end of, of the conflict, let's say, uh, Lashkar Jihad was withdrawn in the end of uh, 2000, while the Jihadism is some still there. Of course, there are, the number of them is uh, much uh Lower, yeah. Okay. How
0: many would you say overall for
1: the, the for the whole period of time, maybe about five hundred, maybe or something like that. Okay. But during that period, I think just maybe one hundred or less at a time. who At are a mean, time, because yeah. of they are just usually some of them stay for that for about like, like 6 months okay. yeah and then going back, go back. Then, yeah, yeah so yeah. kind of revolving people
0: okay so some more of those jihadis stayed on for longer in po- poso and Moluku after the yes. conflict started You're to right. down
1: yeah, yeah also some of the political one okay. the political one also uh, uh, go back going back and return it back yeah so it's some quite loose uh, in network. yeah uh, but I think most of them already returned uh, from that area of conflict. Of course, there are a few of yeah. the political and also jihadists still around in both areas.
0: Okay, so if we focus on the people who didn't stay behind in the conflict areas, but okay. did go back to their home areas. Okay. Um, what sort of things did they do after they went back? And did their experience in those conflict areas have a strong effect? what what they did
1: afterwards? yes of course though in different ways yeah okay. uh, for the Wahhabi, for example, for the Wahhabi, Wahhabi people uh, the ex lashkar jihad who uh, return home for example most often then like uh, live in a kind of enclave community what i call mm. meaning they are, tend to live in a group of them yeah some of them uh, read, uh, also back to let's say continue studying, Islamic studying, for example. Uh, one of my informer, for example, he was in the last year of uh, study in Kajamana University. He did, uh, I think, at the time, electronic technology, something like that. Okay. Yeah, in the last year of his study, actually, he joined with Jihad in Ambon, and then after the Ambon finished, he returned to Yogyakarta. But, uh, Instead of continuing his study, he actually chose to study Islamic, to do Islamic studies actually okay. in Pesantren, okay. in Islamic in boarding, area, school, boarding school, okay. in Islamic boarding school in a let's say what remote area actually? Yeah, okay. not really remote, but it's small uh, village in Mounti Muntilan, close to Maglan. Okay. not very far in actually from Java. Japan. Yeah, from Central, Central Java as well. Yeah. So it is interesting that they are coming like that's jihad like becoming uh, like a border yeah between his life before the jihad and after the jihad okay. so after the jihad he's studying the new life let's okay. say becoming a Wahhabi activist who is more committed than before okay. so instead of continuing study for example he, he chose to live in a boarding school in a okay. very simple boarding. we say that he actually comes from middle class yeah, family, okay. but he then decided to live in a very modest kind of sporting school with very simple food
0: to, uh, no need to, uh, to pay for okay. the, for living okay. there. For so, living. so basically you're saying the experience of jihad uh, increased his ideological commitment to Islam. Kind of, yeah. kind of, yeah. Though yeah.
1: For the Wahhabi people, they are more, let's say, consolidating their ideology or identity as a kind of the conservative uh, group of okay. Islamic conservative group. Yeah. That is for the Wahhabi one. For the... Jihadi people. Yeah. Some of them actually, following uh, their involvement in Ambon or in Poso, they are continuing engaged engage with, uh, let's say, terrorism activities. Okay. Some of them, for example, involved in uh, Bali bombing. Okay. I, met, I met some people who then involved with in the Bali bombing. Some others also involved in kind of, let's say, bombing in other places like the Australian Embassy at the time. Yeah, yeah. So meaning that people from jihadi network then still uh, returning from the conflict area, they are still part of the jihadi activism and continuing uh, carrying out of let's say terrorism activities in other part of the. So this is uh, for the jihadi network. The last one for the political activism. Mm. It also very stressing and uh, and revealing very different story Mm. because then. Many of them just coming back to their uh, political network, yeah. the political party or mm. political or, or uh, political organization or paramilitary military group. And interestingly, what I found from some uh, informant I met with is actually that they got a certain kind of promotion among their peers. Okay. Because their enforcement in jihad in eastern mm. Indonesia became a sort of kind of a bitch of honor okay. a bitch of bravery a okay. of commitment to okay. Islam so okay. making them like giving uh, more respect and okay. trust from other people
0: who are okay. not joining with jihad okay so they were able to become more senior within their political party right, or organization right. you're right yeah. I,
1: for example one of my informant in Solo for example used to be the commander of uh, Brigade Hezbollah it is actually the mm-hmm. paramilitary wings of uh, Islamic party uh, Bulan Bintang, Moon mm. and Crescent. It's a very small party. Very small right? party, yeah. actually. But following after the Jihad, he then elected the chairman okay. of that party. That uh, the, level or? in the level, oh, also, yeah, yeah, in yeah. The level yeah. of Seoul. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now, these conflicts in Eastern Indonesia, you mentioned uh, the peak of the conflicts was more like 1999, 2000, thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of time has elapsed since then to... We're now seeing a number of Indonesians uh, traveling to, to Syria and Iraq. Is it the same sort of people going? Uh, are they going for the same reasons? Uh, what, what can you tell us about that? I think most of them come from the Jihadi Network. Okay. Yeah,
1: because this is people actually who are uh, seeing actually the conflict in uh, Syria and also in other part of the world is actually part, this is part of the opportunity to expand it. The mm. jihadism to mm. expanding the jihad uh, activism, mm. and they never thinks of the border, national border, actually very, very, mm. very seriously. For example, it mm. could be in eastern Indonesia, but it could, it could be in southern Philippines, but it could be in, in Middle East. So these people is actually who more excited, who more involved with that uh, mobilization for jihad in Middle East. So mm. currently there was a split, there was tension mm. among jihadi activism in Indonesia regarding mm-hmm. the mobilization for ISIS. Yeah. Because ISIS is actually also in the conflict with Al-Qaeda in in that the in, uh, in Middle East, also seeing that this is not really in line with uh, Islamic jihadism. Okay. For some people this is also kind of uh, view this also part of what they view as a kind of maybe western conspiracy kind of okay. yeah because of uh, isis also in, in the initial part also supported by us in confronting again uh, bashar assad yeah in, uh, in syria okay. and other parts. so there was actually split mm. there is split group in among jihadi in indonesia mm. in response to uh, mobilization for uh, jihad in by isis in middle east but I would say that uh, the main group, the most of the people who mobilized to mm-hmm. Jihad, basically now from the Jihadi activism, yeah. and maybe a few of them from the political one, because the political one is more loose network, right, they yeah. are come, maybe come from a different way, from just for maybe just uh, uh, Muslim activists, young Muslim activists, for example, who interested uh, want to be, let's say, uh, involved in a global activism, maybe they went to that area.
0: So, I mean, I think an interesting question for me is, if we go back to those Eastern Indonesian conflicts, there were, you said, maybe 5,000 people, mm-hmm. maybe a few more mm-hmm. who, who mobilized to go over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're talking more than 500 people. Okay. Uh, but, you know, Indonesia's population is what two hundred yes. yeah, and forty yeah, million, yeah, yeah. maybe eighty eight percent or so, are yeah. Muslims or some yeah. somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. How does the much larger part of the, I guess, Muslim community in Indonesia view these people who are who either mobilized to Eastern Indonesia or, mm-hmm. or are now going over to Syria and Iraq? Uh, yes, I think
1: there is a different attitude of uh, Muslim Indonesia what this mobilization Mm, mm. in the case of uh, jihad mobilization for uh, eastern Indonesia I think yeah quite many of the people uh, understood that it is uh, let's say reasonable question let's say uh, justified to join in jihad in that area because of uh, at the time it was let's say true that muslim were in the the, the, different situation Mm. it's it's kind of uh, reasonable so Many even some people who didn't go jihad, didn't do jihad, but they maybe some just supporting uh, financially, uh, oh, okay. giving money, uh, financial support, for example, and other kind of thing hmm. because of it was also a humanitarian issue at the time. Oh, okay, yeah. this
0: was in the eastern, eastern Indonesia. Eastern oh, okay. Indonesia. but I
1: think what happened in the Middle East is very different. Yeah, this hmm. is more kind of uh, let's say terrorism group who. Uh, Try to establish uh, Islamic country or Islamic caliphate in a, in a Middle East in uh, I think very violent ways yeah which is even among jihadism it was very controversial so so I think that the majority the most uh, majority of people in uh, in Indonesia Muslim Indonesia I think refute that kind of uh, call refute of that kind of uh, j- activism mm. and call it that kind of let's say uh, extreme activism which is used the banner of Islam rather than the true okay. spirit of Islam
0: Okay, that's interesting yeah no because mm-hmm. I've noticed when you travel around certainly Java now in, mm-hmm. in various local communities you see these banners up saying you know we reject ISIS in, right. our, in our local community right. Is, right. is that a sign of the, the sort of broader yes attitude? I yeah. think so
1: that, I think so even actually among the jihadism uh, network uh, that now the sons of Abu Bakar Bashir. Uh, actually, refused to follow uh, uh, his father. Mm. The father uh, Abu Bakar Bashir supported ISIS mobilisation, but mm. uh, his son, yeah, his two sons actually, uh, Abdul Rahim and uh, Abdul Rashid, yeah, yeah, both refused to support ISIS, and they uh, instead of making the new group of and Sharu Sharia. Which is more focusing on da'wa, focusing more on education, uh, on education, spreading the religion, kind of, yeah. rather than yeah. in uh, uh, joining in fighting of overseas for example
0: Okay, so even within uh, sort of the jihadi community, this yes. is creating quite strong splits. Right. Yeah. Is there is there anything the government could do, uh, the Indonesian government, that isn't doing to convince, mm-hmm. uh, you know, these several hundred Indonesians not mm-hmm. to go mm-hmm. over to Syria and Iraq and get involved in the fighting there? Yes,
1: I think of course, yeah, yeah the Government, I think, need to do more uh, works, yeah, in hmm. communicating and uh, sending messages. I think hmm. toward uh, the the hmm. uh, what about that. What really happened in uh, in, uh, in Middle East, and that actually this is uh, very much fit with the Islamic teaching, but also with the more importantly with the national ideology. But I think what, what is more important to be done is uh, the cooperation or collaboration between government and uh, Muslim organizations, let's say the biggest okay. Muslim organisation yeah. like Muhammadiyah or mm. NU or Al-Indrishat and other, the, which is basically a moderate Muslim in Indonesia, mm. yeah. to work together actually to, let's say, to combat, to fight against this uh, radicalism or this uh, terrorism mm. activism. Mm-hmm. Which is actually it is more uh, rooted in the society rather than from top-down approach by government, okay. because sometimes people just don't really trust with, for example, that okay. lah yeah. Okay, the anti-terrorism, anti-terrorism terrorism of the police. Yeah, yeah, police, something like that, or BNPT, even so, I think it is more credible to be done by this Muslim organization okay. rather than, than the by government, government directly. I think. Okay, oh, that's right. interesting.
0: Yeah, and um. So 541 people have gone over there, uh, government estimate, do you think they'll try to come back to Indonesia and, and what are they likely to do when they come back?
1: Yes, I think uh, uh, as I said that actually this come from um, maybe not one single network, some of them from the jihadi people. From mm. the, these jihadi people might be some of them will continue the, their engagement let's say with the jihadism in Indonesia. Mm. Mm. What but might that mean? Yeah, meaning maybe kind of another uh, another terrorism to happen. Mm. Mm. Though it is usually linked with the, what happened in the local area, what happened mm. in the Indonesia for example. Mm. If there is kind of a policy which is they found as uh, discriminatory for example against mm. Muslims, mm. it could create kind of tension. Mm. Or when, when, let's say, another kind of violence uh, communal violence took place mm. somewhere else in Indonesia, it, it will certainly mobilize this kind of people. Mm. Because for these people, actually, nation, national border is not that important. Mm. Living in Iraq, Syria, mm. or in Indonesia, it doesn't really matter for them. Mm. So maybe some of them will be just living there for uh, forever, I think, okay. not thinking of returning back to Indonesia, but mm. uh, we don't know for sure about that, actually.
0: Okay, and can we learn anything from the people who came back from the eastern Indonesian uh, conflict areas and what they did afterwards, as to what we might expect people coming back from Syria to do, and how the government could manage any security threat that there might be?
1: Yes, I think what uh, need to be monitored closely by government, particularly the intelligence people, is about the the network of these Jihadi people, which is Mm. actually they are basically and intrinsically violence. Mm. Violence group, let's say. They have inside their ideology uh, the justification of using terror, using Mm. violence for achieving Mm. their moral and political Mm. goal. Yeah. Yeah, in Indonesia and also. So I think for this kind of people, it is important for the government to monitor closely uh, the expansion or the development of this network. That is is first. I think we uh, also need to uh, to make a kind of alliance to with a different kind of Islamic activism, who actually refused to the the use of terrorism, because this is important. For example, like the Wahhabi network, for example, they were among the bitter uh, enemy of the jihadi. They both is having quite similar lifestyle actually in terms of the dress, other way the dress, but they are both ideologically very different mm. meaning that the jihadi people justify the use of terror in achieving political goal, but the Jih- wahhabism is basically not mm. so it's good actually also for um, let's say government people to mobilize more support from different kind of islamic activism to fight against this small fringe of islamic extremism
0: uh, Jiraiska, it's been a pleasure to talk to you I found it very interesting thank you for joining us